just told you who I thought I was. A guy. There's no excuse for not living up to the, your fullest potential. No excuse. Let's do it, Black Excellence. Let's go. go, go. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? Once again, it is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode on SoundCloud or iTunes slash podcast. I am sitting down with one of my good friends again at a coffee shop. I'm starting to like this coffee shop a lot. It's my go-to spot for a nice interview and a nice little tea. But nonetheless, let me get into this man's interview so you guys can meet another good friend of mine. Born and raised on the south side of Phoenix. He is a Levine product, class of 2012, excuse me. Damn, I think you know, know my own friends. Uh, state championship uh, in 2011 and then went on, went on to Pepperdine University. Yeah. Nobody else than my man, Mr. Stacy Davis. Yeah. My man, my man, my man, my man, my man. What did I mess up with the intro? Uh, I didn't win a state championship. I came the year after. Oh, shit. So the, That's the thing right. is, no, I was supposed to go that year. I was supposed to transfer, and uh, I ended up going back to Tolleson, so I didn't win the championship, unfortunately. So thank you for bringing that back into my life. Wow. Maybe your whole nigga's trying to hire you out, bro. Hey, man, you know what I'm saying? First and foremost, welcome back to America. I appreciate uh, it. We'll get back into that in a little bit. I appreciate uh, welcome back to Phoenix. Man. I know the heat, the heat missed you. I miss the heat, like heat as much as I, really, I, honestly, I wish I wouldn't have to say that. I honestly enjoy this heat a little bit more than California's weather sometimes. Really? Absolutely. I don't know what it is. I don't spend enough time at the beach. I don't know what it is. I just enjoy the hundreds. I don't well, know. Well, the thing is, it's actually pretty nice right now. So, uh, But before, when I was back maybe about a month ago, uh, it was pretty unbearable. So right now, it's pretty good. It's not that bad. Yeah, so th- this is good. Beyonce came yesterday. Yeah. The weather went, went down in the clouds cleaned up all the mess off our streets and then the sun came back out right before the concert right before the concert you know she had to work her little magic and do her Beyonce's got a, a life earth thermostat yeah she does <laughs> you know what I mean oh man but nonetheless let's get to know you for a little bit man I want people to understand your story know uh, where you came from and uh, what you stand for now so for sure. uh, it's a little bit about yourself go ahead um, yeah so I uh, graduated from Pepperdine University and uh, shout out the waves shout out to the waves in uh, 2016 I've been playing professional basketball uh, ever since. I've uh, I played in uh, my first year I was in Ukraine. My second year I was in um, in France, and most recently I just did a stint in the Philippines uh, for a little bit, and I just came back. So now, so now I'm uh, you know just back in AZ, uh, just working on my game and just waiting to get that call. You know what I mean? Just kind of the nature of the business. So seeing where life will take me next and. Uh, what country will stamp my passport next. So I'm I'm pretty excited. That's all good. So talk us back through, if you don't mind, for those coming through the pipeline and, you know, going through the progressions of um, high school to college basketball. uh, When did you know or have an idea that you were potentially going to play at the next level or, you know, um, had the looks, uh, you had the footwork versus the hands or just when did you start getting scouted? When did people start saying, Stacey, you're going to the next level for basketball? Um, Well, the crazy thing is uh, pretty much Throughout my high school career, a lot of people, there were a lot of people saying that I wouldn't play at the next level or that uh, I was going to play, you know, I had to go to JUCO or I wasn't a Division One talent. Um, but for me, I actually remember, um, you know, playing on the Arizona Stars after... Shout out to the Stars. Shout out to the Stars. <clears throat> shout out to uh, Ray Arvizu and the whole Arvizu clan. Uh, Joseph Broderick, shout out to you too. Um, Damn, that was my JV coach. Right. And uh, <laughs> shout out to Art Die. Got to give a shout out to Art Die. Uh, so after playing with them... Uh, after my sophomore year, 
uh, going into my junior year. We had played against some of the top town, a lot of NBA players. You know, we had played in the first EYBL circuit mm. uh, against, uh, you know, Mike K. Gilchrist, Austin Rivers, uh, just a lot of guys that are, you know, NBA talent. And so, uh, you know, when you play against those guys, you kind of hold your own. When you come back to your home state, you kind of just feel like you have a new, uh, a brand new set of confidence. And so that's kind of when I uh, figured that I could play at the next level. And so, you know, from then on, I just kind of kept it going. And, uh, and yeah, I always had this uh, belief in my head that I was uh, meant for something greater. Like I knew, you know, I just wanted it a little bit more than all my, uh, my high school teammates. So I just, you know what I mean, the way that I thought, I just felt like, you know, I wasn't interested in a lot of the things that they were interested in because I just, you know, I wanted to get out of, uh, you know, Arizona. I wanted to, you know, play at the next level. So um, I just had this, you know, innate feeling. And, uh, you know, I worked at it. I was in, you know, I spent a lot of nights in L.A. fitness by myself, uh, just kind of grinding. And, you know, the hard work pays off. So. Uh, so yeah, now I'm just kind of doing my thing, and I'm blessed to be where I'm at right now. And you know, playing basketball for a living is not a bad job to have. Ball is life. Ball is life. Um, before choosing to go uh, into Malibu, California, at Pepperdine University, right? What other schools uh, at first were looking at you, or did it come down to, or were you just set in stone on? Well, Pepperdine was actually my first offer. Oh, so wow. uh, I went to the camp, and I did pretty well at the camp. They offered me right after, and then after that, uh, the offers kind of started rolling in. Uh, I think my final three that I was deciding between, it was uh, Fresno State, St. Mary's, and Pepperdine. And so I had went on my official visit to Pepperdine, went on my official visit to Fresno, which if anyone is from Fresno, you know Fresno's literally in the middle of nowhere. It's just the campus. Right, so when you compare (laughs) Malibu to Fresno, it was kind of uh, an easy decision. And so I didn't end up taking my visit to St. Mary's because I felt like, you know, Malibu and Pepperdine was home. Uh, the players and the coaches treated me very well. They treated me like I was a you know, part of the family already. So uh, after I went on my visit, it was kind of a clear-cut decision. And, you know, I just, you know, I just I told them that I was going to, you know, be playing in Malibu for the Man. next four years. So, you know, being one of the most humble giants that I know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you might take this question lightly, but when you walked onto the campus at Pepperdine right. uh, from freshman year all the way out to your senior year, um, you were one of the bigger names, not just the bigger people, but one right. of the bigger names on campus. Um, what was it like holding that kind of responsibility or, or that uh, character or being that man that everybody was like, oh, my God, how are you doing, Stacey Davis? Uh, Good luck this week, Stacey <laughs> Davis. Now, listen, guys, this man had full-blown college-level posters. <laughs> he had brochures, uh, commercials, and things man. like that. What, what did that feel like going uh, to the next level? And being that on a college campus? Um, I think that just kind of goes back to, uh, you know, how I was raised. Um, you know, I've just been a very, uh, you know, kind of like humble guy since uh, since high school. And so, uh, you know, I just, I just remember when, you know, I wasn't, you know, the best player. I wasn't looked at as the best player on my team or, you know, whatever the case was. So I knew what that feeling was like. And so uh, I didn't really feel like it was a responsibility. I, uh, I just thought it was just... It just came natural for me. I was really, um, I was just really excited. I was really, you know, happy to be a part of something, to be a part of a culture change at Pepperdine. And so, you know, what came with that was just, you know, kind of being known around campus. And on top of that, I, uh, you know, I was uh, very friendly to, you know, everybody on campus, to the other athletes, the administration, to the staff, the and, neighbors. Uh, yeah, you know, the neighbors. I extended myself and just let people know that I was, uh, you know, I was always. 
I was always open to talk, always open to have a conversation. Uh, you know, if anyone knows me, I really like uh, having a conversation. Hence why we're at a coffee shop and we're, you know, I'm on your podcast. Man, say um, loud. Right, say it loud. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I really didn't think of it as a responsibility. It was just, uh, I feel like it just came natural to me. I just kind of held myself as I always knew how to, you know, head held high and just treat everybody with respect. One of the biggest honors um, I think that I was able to see, not only when I went up there to watch you guys play a couple times a year um, while I was down stationed in San Diego, um, your senior year, you right. uh, broke uh, quite a milestone, right. being the, the leading scorer of Pepperdine University. How did that feel at that exact moment? Like, was, I, don't, I wasn't there for that game, but yeah. was it a layup? Was it a free throw? Yeah, so it was Fast actually... Fast break uh, off the backboard? Dunk? Nah, it was... Uh, <laughs> I didn't get too many dunks in my career. It was actually... Uh, it was like a, like a jump hook layup. And uh, so after that, I made it. Uh, the crowd started cheering, and then we had to go back on defense. And we were fortunate because we had got a stop where they had the other team had like lost the ball to bounce. So they had stopped. And I'll never forget this. They stopped, and they just kind of allowed me to like bask in the moment, and everyone was kind of chanting my name for what seemed like forever. And so I can literally replay that memory in my head, you know, uh, now. And it's like one of the most cherished memories I have and so it was like, you know, I was never shooting for that. I was never, like, trying to break any records. When I first got to Pepperdine, my goal was I said, you know, I just want to make an impact. I want to be a part of change because, you know, if you know the history of Pepperdine, they have a very rich history of basketball players. Uh, obviously, Doug Christie, Dennis Johnson, a lot of good players have come out of Pepperdine, and they had struggled for some years prior to me getting there. And so I just wanted to be a part of the change. I wanted to be a part of, a, you know, the turnaround from going from the bottom to the top. And... Uh, you know, I was definitely, I myself and, you know, my teammates were successful in that. And so I was never like really reaching to, you know, surpass anyone or to break any records. And so just, I was very fortunate to, you know, do that along the way. And so, um, a humble in, giant himself, man, I, I just, you know, when I was able to bask in the moment, it was crazy. Uh, you know, looking back on it, it was, I'm actually surprised I didn't like shed a tear or two, uh, just cause you know, Retrospect is always twenty twenty. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Is what they mm. say. So um, was Doug? Did Doug Christie was he able to he make was the actually, game? Yeah. So he was calling the game. He was. Uh, oh he wow. Was on the call. So he Doug was. Doug was fifth all time. The leading all time leading scorer was Dane Settle, okay. whose son actually went to Pepperdine, and uh, I had uh, he left. Uh, transferred or graduated the year before I got there. Okay. But I know Dane. His name is Dane Soto Jr. And so um, it was just, it's crazy how, you know, like life is connected. And, you know, his father was all the time leading the score and his son went there and I knew his son. And then I got to, you know, meet Dane, uh, Dane Sr. And so, uh, yeah, just breaking that record, it was, uh, man, it was definitely uh, like life changing. It was life changing. I definitely saw, you know, life in a different aspect. And, being able to say that I was, uh, you know, one of the better players in Pepperdine history is something that I always, you know, hold close to my heart. That's awesome. And still graduated on time, man, man. especially from that university. Right. Um, so after senior year, basketball season's over. Now everybody knows, you know, when ball is life and all that stuff, you start getting ready for the pre-draft combine. Right. People start calling you. I don't exactly know that whole process, but um, what, what was the process like for you? Did you hear anything or uh, was it kind of... You know, how did how did that go for you from right. end of the basketball season senior year till draft? Uh, so end of basketball season senior year, uh, you know, I didn't get too many calls. It was more so at that point you're transitioning from 
being a part of a college program to now you're basically representing yourself in terms of being a professional. So at that point, it was really just, you know, getting ready for graduation and just staying in shape, working out and just getting ready to, if presented the opportunity to be, you know, called into one of the, you know, the pre-draft workouts to just kind of showcase your skill and showcase why, you know, you have NBA level talent. So I was only, I only got, um, I only ended up working out for the Suns uh, pre-draft and then I ended up doing uh, Trailblazers mini camp for summer league with them. Um, and so I got to, you know, kind of see uh, what it was like to compete against some NBA level guys, some guys that were on the, you know, the fringe between being in the NBA or like playing overseas or uh, getting a, you know, call up from the G League. Um, I got to play with, you know, Russ Smith, Pierre Jackson when I was Ooh. in uh, in Portland, and those, you know, that kind of just showed you, you know, Pierre is a little jolt, right? Boy. Yeah, <laughs> shows you the talent level that you have to be at. So, um, so yeah, my uh, experience was, you know, a little bit different than you know others. Others might have, you know, some people sign with the agency and then they, you know, send them to. Uh, Stats, like drafting stash yeah like a like a or no they'll sign with the agency and they'll send them to like a specific place to train okay. like IMG Academy or something okay. like that and uh, or they'll do like a pro day where they put them through drills and GMs will come and so uh, mine was just a little different I just kind of I, I did a lot of stuff on my own I stayed in California I did uh, my strength conditioning with uh, Proactive Sports uh, shout out to Ryan Capretta and those guys over at Proactive and then I was uh, working out with uh, Olin Simplis uh, shout out to Big shout O. Shout out to O, man. Big o, yeah. Trying to get him on this o. podcast, yeah, man. man. That boy be busy. Man, yeah. He's a, he's a busy man now. So uh, I was working out with O, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was doing uh, prior to uh, the draft after my senior year. That's awesome. So after that graduation, um, you said your first year was in Ukraine. What right. was what was that experience like through, I mean, through it all? You know, you don't have to speak on the whole thing. Man, dog, so... It was uh, it was a culture shock and just like <laughs> it was just crazy, man. Because you know I go from being in Malibu to being into the city. No more Nobu, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'd never gone to Nobu. Really? Yeah, bro. I'm broke. What uh, you mean? Uh, I ain't got money. I don't <laughs> have money like that, though. Hey, bro. I can't. I can barely feel, spell Nobu. You feel bro. me? <laughs> so um, to go from Malibu to uh, Cherkasy, Ukraine, it was uh, man, bro. It was it was different, and and I was the only American on my team. So wow. I'm the youngest one. I was one, I was one of the youngest ones on the team, and I'm the only American. Uh, so it wasn't a lot of like kicking it, hanging out. It wasn't a lot of uh, you know uh, outside. Like it just it was just different. Not a lot of not a lot of my teammates spoke good enough English to have conversations. <laughs> so it was a lot of nice spin in my apartment, bro. Just so you just got real good at two yeah, K, didn't man, you? Two K, <laughs> uh, watching film, reading, reading, watching film, watching Netflix. Uh, and man, I got to the point, man. I got so bored. I started trying different foods, different candies. Like, <laughs> like it just, yeah. It was. I mean, but it, it's all part of the journey, it, though. It was a worth it was, the journey. Yeah, it was, awesome. It's all a part of the journey. So, um, it was an interesting year. Uh, I'm thankful for it. I was, you know, I mean, I'm blessed to be able to play. So, uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was different, but uh, you know, I wouldn't change it. That's, yeah. You know, that it is what it, it is. What it is. It was what it was, and that's how it kind of went. And, and wrapping up that part of the basketball uh, chapter before we get into the next one, um, what, what's one thing that you learned towards the end of your first year as a professional um, that you look back into college that could have prepped you just on right. or off the court? Even uh, at that? My first year as a professional, I probably, I just think. If uh, anything. Yeah, so the one thing I would probably say is just the, the consistency with how you have to work. Um, 
you know, I, I worked at a certain level in college, but the consistency that you have to work at as a pro is way different because you have to think like you have to be on your ball because not only you're playing for money now, you're not just you're not just in school just being like you're playing for money, you're playing for your livelihood, and on top of that, there's so much competition between mm-hmm. all these guys that want to go overseas or um, make it back from overseas or make it back from overseas or whatever it is. There's so much competition that you have to like in a sense be paranoid. And so I feel like had I had that mindset, that work ethic and how I, you know, structured my days and I was like, oh, I got to do this now. I got to do this then. I got to work out now. I got to plan things out like days in advance, make workouts days in advance. Um, Had I done that, you know, kind of throughout college, I think my experience would have been maybe a little bit different. Um, But I definitely I definitely worked uh, really hard while I was in college. But it was just it was a different kind of work. It was definitely different. So I think. If I had to take one thing for my first year, it would just be the consistency in which you have to be willing to work. Because you don't, that's, you don't have to do anything. But if you want to be good and you want to have longevity in this business, you have to be you know, consistent. Ready to put in that work. You feel me? Once again, we're back on Say Loud Podcast. I'm sitting with my man, Mr. Stacy Davis. I am Boogie the Beast. Just like when I started, nothing changed. But let's get back to this interview. Let's get it. So a little bit after graduation, you got one of the best gifts I think anybody can ask for in their life. Yes, man. You got a new addition to your life, Lee Yeah, man. You became a father. I did. I became a father uh, to a little baby girl Aww. named Sanaya. Yeah, she, uh, she, we found out probably... I'm really confused. Like we were talking about, I think it was either a little bit after or maybe a little bit before before I graduated. Either way, it was in that time frame, and pretty much right around the time I was graduating, we knew that we were going to have a um, a kid. We mm-hmm. didn't know whether it's going to be a boy or a girl yet. We found out a couple weeks or months later. Um, but yeah, so she's just been. Uh, it's just been. It's been a crazy ride, especially you know being overseas, uh, being gone for so long, and then having to have um minimal or concentrated yeah. amount of like time to yeah because here like week. yeah so it's it's been it's been pretty tough and so uh <clears throat> that's like been something that's been in my mind in terms of my occupation where i decide to play um because i need to make sure i'm able to have um them come over with me and then on top of that uh just making sure it's in a safe place and right. that they're going to accommodate them too so um it's been a, it's been a, it's been a journey, but I, I mean, I love it. She's almost she'll be, she'll be two in uh, January, and it seems like two years have gone by uh, fast. She actually just seems got her fast. man. She just got her toes and her nails painted today. Her mom just painted her toes and her nails. And First Manny painting. Man, it's just like it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Hang in there, Papa. Man, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna um, do my best. <laughs> what what would, uh, what did early fatherhood teach you um, about? life lessons about being a young man now man you know early fatherhood has taught me a lot i would say uh one of the biggest things it's taught me is uh just patience and then uh if anything just empathy um because you know especially with a daughter just and and just kids in general they just teach you a lot about yourself because you know you have to take into account just a lot of things like you know, when they're born, they don't know anything. They don't like you're literally forming a human, like based on your interactions, what they see. Like they're Plato. always, yeah, they're literally always watching you. 
um, at all times. They do everything that you do, and they mimic your every move. And so um, you just have to be patient with them um, in terms of their learning, um, whether you know your child is a, a quick learner, a slow learner, immediate learner, whatever it is. Um, and then also you just have to be empathetic to who they are as you know children, um, to who they become as people, to what their personalities are to what they like, to what they don't like, to your idea or perception of what you think they should be mm. and to what they really are in real, real life. Like, you could want your daughter or your son to be this or to do this or to like this, but then you can start seeing, even at a small age of one and a half, two, that's just not what they like or that's just not who they're going to be. And you have to have just... To learn to appreciate yeah, you got to learn and appreciate, like, how... You don't have, I mean, you, you don't necessarily have any control over that. Right. They're going to be who they're going to be. And you have to just learn to love and be empathetic to who they are as a person. And that starts young, man. So it's uh, it's taught me a lot. It's definitely grounded me as a person. Um, and I think it's just made me more whole as a person because now I just think of things and, you know, a bigger picture. Whereas before, you know, my life was just, you know, basketball. It was like basketball and just, you know, whatever else came. I was just living kind of like day to day. And now it's like, you know, I have to be conscious of, you know, basketball, life after basketball. My daughter, like preschool that might be coming up in a couple of years. It's like just there's just a bunch of, you know, different pieces that I have to worry about. And, um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a young parent. It's just, you know, you just have to be ready to mentally take on a, you know, a different kind of challenge because, you know, life is all about challenges, whether it's basketball, whether it's work, whether it's quitting your job, whether it's um, being a freelance like hey, you are. Like, hey. that's a challenge. It is. And so it's the same thing with the kid. It's like, it's not easy. You don't know. You don't have anything to compare it to. You you don't know, like, if you're being if you're being a good parent to them, what they like. You don't know. And you just have to go off instinct. You're going off of it. Yeah. And so uh, it's just, you know, it's a challenge. But, you know, I like it. It's, it's different, but I enjoy it. What's been the more difficult challenge, learning a new playbook or the first time you changed her diaper? Man, so changing diapers are not that bad. <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, but I will tell you this. She just stopped breastfeeding. And so uh, her poop is really bad. <laughs> so I'm talking like, it smells like my dad poop. Oh, I'm talking like I'm talking like pop from Friday poop, bro. Put some hot yeah, I'm talking like I'm talking about sh- spray the aerosol can poop in a diaper. Oh. And so I'm like, uh, I kind of just leave those to her mom. I'm not touching those, man. So but when she pees and stuff, I'll you know, say I change those. Um, but yeah, it's not that bad. Changing the diapers ain't that bad. It's oh, not that bad man. at all. So um, so yeah, I probably say. If I had to pick one, probably say a playbook. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? I'd oh, say man. a playbook. What did, uh, what, did, what did your daughter say first, mommy or daddy? Daddy. She Ooh. said dad, dad. She, and her mom was pissed. Ooh. Because obviously, you know, I'm, and she said it when I was overseas. Mm-hmm. And that was one of her first words. So she's around her mom all the time. And literally the first word she said was, dad, dad? And I was like, yeah, you got it right. So, so I already know she's going to be a little daddy's girl. That's awesome. And she's going to cost me, a, you know, a lot of money. And Damn. I don't know if I'm going to be able to resist. Hang in there, big humble. Man, I'm going to try. Humble, the humble giant. Tell me the soft man. spots. I'm going to try. So going off that and still sticking around the, the thing of loyalty and dedication, mm-hmm. um, while you were overseas, off the court, um, you started up uh, kind of like a group, right. um, you know, that's actually grown yeah. really tremendous. Yeah. You started a book club. Yeah, so uh, initially... I had I got into reading my senior year of uh, college, and then I kind of just took that with me to Ukraine. Like I said, 
I was the only American there. wasn't much to do, so I had to figure out different ways to entertain myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm really tired of just watching TV and just kind of like aimlessly not doing anything. So I was like, you know what? Let me pick up a book. Let me. I brought a couple books with me. I was like, let me read these, and I'll finish these by the end of the year. So then when I was in France... I was like, you know what? Shout out to Lahar. Yeah, shout Lahar. out to Lahar. Shout out to Lahar. I tried man. to make it, bro, but that man, was that was Lahar a was deep a, push. Lahar was a beautiful city, man. It was a really beautiful city. It was gloomy throughout the year, but it was a beautiful city. So, um, so I was like, you know what? I think that you know I should do something for overseas athletes to kind of be a part of and just form a group to where, you know, we're we're spending our time in a productive manner. So initially, I was like, you know what, it's going to be an overseas, I call it, it's called the International Book Club, and I was going to just do um, overseas athletes, prescribe one book every month that we read, and, you know, we could potentially talk about it, but then um, I had gotten interest from a lot of people that weren't athletes, or weren't, they were just, you know, people that I knew on Facebook that had inquired about it, so I was like, you know what, I'll open it up to anyone, and then most recently, um, a couple of people I know had shouted me out on Twitter, and uh, just mentioned it, and literally something that I thought was going to be... Uh, that I keep pretty private, uh, but but I'm thinking about you know kind of uh, making it more Spending open. To the, yeah, because just it seems like people are interested. Um, I thought it was going to be about maybe 20 to 30 people that wanted to participate, and I'm almost at 70 people. Nerd! It's uh, it's and it's a diverse group too. So um, yeah, it's uh, I mean. I didn't think it would get this big. I didn't really have any aspirations for it. I thought, you know, I like to read. If anybody else likes to read, you know, let's just kind of... Let's just read along. Yeah, let's just read along, man. Let's just do it. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody can read. I don't got to call on you because you don't know how to read type of deal. Like, in the group... (laughs) No popcorn reading in the group. Yeah, so no calling people out. So, so, yeah, it's kind of grown. Um, But, yeah, if you're interested in getting into the book club, if anyone's interested in getting to the book club, just, you know, shoot me an email. Um, Stacey Davis... 7257 at gmail.com and yeah I'll send you uh, all the information and and get it going from there do you follow a certain type of books usually or like how do you keep them everybody entertained in the IBC a little bit into it yeah so uh, so what I actually did the first year when I was in um, France I kind of centered around like financial literacy because I was my my core audience was obviously uh, athletes that's Mm kind of where my mind was at so I was like okay um, you know, the window in terms of us being athletes and the type of money that we make, regardless of if you're in the NBA or if you're playing overseas um, or in the G League, um, that window is relatively short. You know, if you're lucky, you'll play 10 years. But usually guys will play maybe six, seven years, if that. And so that's six, seven years that you're removed right after college and you're removed from the workforce. So wow. if you just I never li- thought of it like that. So think about it, bro. So if you literally just end your career seven years in and just decide to work. What are you going to do? You have to do. You'll probably have to do some entry level position because you're um, you've been away for so long. Like you'll you'll literally have to start at the bottom. So, Sounds familiar. So yeah. So uh, my thought process was, you know what? While we're making this money, we need to be financially smart and have financial literacy. So I kind of focused on that, uh, on those kind kind of books, um, self help books. Uh, but now I'm kind of expanding just into a more general, um, like. Uh, just into a more general concept of books in terms of, well, there'll be books from different ends of the spectrum. One will be about technology. One will be about history. One will be about, um, one will be about racial inequality. One will be about uh, the, the school to prison, things like that. Uh, so just like 
just going to, because I feel like I owe it to the people in the group to not be so short-sighted and just saying, okay, we're only going to, we're only going to read about financial literacy and self-help, but there's so many other books out there to talk about and dive into different topics that I feel like, um, you know, I owe it to the people that want to be a part of this that, you know, I kind of expand and do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions I thought about like at like two o'clock in the morning last night and uh, I didn't want to let him know, but I added it to it um, as a book reader. Um, right. You know, let me see what two 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 like five years in the game now. Yeah. Um, new to the game. New to the game, but still have a little bit of experience. Um, top five authors. Right. And can you correlate them to top five albums? Yeah. So I actually had to get this one some thought. And I really thought about this. So um, I stole this question from Ryan Mason's interview. Did where you? I gave him top five artists yeah. in music, correlate them to top five NBA players. So I wow. wanted to switch it up. Okay, for sure. So uh, and then I'll get yours on that too because you're a basketball fan. Right, right, right. So I'll give you my uh, top five authors in relation to my top five books right now. Yes. So uh, number one is Mitch Album. And the book is called that I read from him. It's called "The Five People You Meet in Heaven," mm. and so that one correlates to kind of um, "For Your Eyes Only" by J. Cole, uh, because I felt like that album really just talked about it was really that was Cole really talking about just like himself, like him coming to terms with himself and um, just being well-rounded as a man, as a new as a new father, and someone that he, he literally just got married, just becoming everything's coming full circle. And so, and even in the book, it just talks about, you know, the five people that you meet in heaven and how these interactions that you've had, they're basically people from your past. And so um, they're just interactions that you've had with people that you don't think you might've had an impact on them, but you really did. And it could be someone you met on the subway or it could be your daughter or it could be, you know what I mean? Mm. You impact them in ways that you don't think. Um, the second would be, which we read uh, while I was in La Havre. Uh, this was in the, the book club. It's called Winning the Money Game. It's by Donald Foyle, and I compare that to uh, Mailbox Money or Victory Lab by Nipsey Hussle. Shout out to Neighborhood shout, Nip. Shout out to Neighborhood Nip. Uh, I had to do that one because uh, Nipsey Hussle is really, uh, he, he's been very uh, talkative and uh, encouraging about being, like if you can if you can tell and decipher his lyrics, being financially literate and just understanding the game. And even in the title, Mailbox Money, that's being able to get residual type of money, like money that you don't have to work for and so winning the money game at the end of the day that's what you want to do you want to get money that you don't got to work for financial you know freedom. what i mean financial freedom and multiple sources exactly and wow. so then uh the i like third, this the third is uh ralph ellison and the book i read is uh invisible man and that is compared to forever is a mighty long time by big crit because in that album crit was really talking about himself and trying to find an identity for himself um, as a person and, and pertains to him as a person himself as an artist so himself as you know big crit and himself as just a person because they're two separate people and so being able to decipher between both an invisible man it basically talks about how um growing up in a uh this was uh, i think the book was published in like 1940 mm -hmm. and so growing up in like a racist society and how you kind of have to uh african americans had to adhere to the ideals of you know um the, the society and being racist and how that basically changes your ideology um, as a person and who you see yourself as a person and, and essentially who you uh, present yourself to be um, because you're kind of conforming to these ideals and stereotypes 
that are forced upon you that may not necessarily be true and represent who you are as a person. Some Speak kind that of, truth. Yeah, man. So kind of dealing with the the just the, the two sides, like, you know, everybody got the white voice that they put on. Hello, Hello, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. This is Stacey Davis. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Everyone has, you know, the white voice that they put on, and that's kind of what it's about. And so, um, all right, then the fourth one is Ray Bradbury, and the book I read was Fahrenheit 451. Oh, that's a great book. Man, great book. That is a really good book. So, peep this. I compare that to Yeezus. So, Yeezus was very ahead of his time, Mm. and so... um, Fahrenheit 451 was ahead of its time because it talks about how books are banned and which is basically the society that we're going into. So Jesus was ahead of his time. And you know what? I would actually compare, I would say Jesus and 808s and Heartbreaks because mm. 808s and Heartbreaks was before its time too in terms of using auto-tune and the way that uh, you know Kanye just constructed his music, what he was talking about. And now you see that a lot of people kind of use that formula. You know, they use the auto-tune, they use you know, the 808s that he was using. Um, so both Jesus and 808s were just ahead of their time and it kind of predicted the future, which is the same that uh, Ray Bradbury did in Fahrenheit 451. And so the last one would be Michelle Alexander. Uh, and the book is The New Jim Crow. Amazing book. And it, it just, you know, the, the name is self-explanatory. It's The New Jim Crow. And I compare that to, uh, to Pimp a Butterfly by wow. uh, K-Dot. By K-Dot. And Shout out to also, Kendrick. And also uh, All American Badass by uh, Joey Badass. And so, uh, you know, both of those are just kind of talking about uh, racial inequality and just talking about, um, you know, the state of affairs um, in America, you know, obviously with, you know, the police brutality um, going on and things of that nature. Uh, Both of those albums kind of dealt with those topics and what it is to be a black man or a black person in America while these things are transpiring, which is... Um, conversely, uh, what you know, Michelle Alexander was talking about in the New Jim Crow. Okay. So, yeah, man. Wow. Hey, that was heavy. Right? Hey, that, that was, was dope. I, I actually was, really like that. I really sat in the car for forty minutes. And thought about <laughs> the pool. Bro, that was no a good pool. one. And then, really quick, can you correlate um, top five basketball players to, or not top five basketball players, but just top five, or yeah, top five basketball players to top five uh, artists? Top five basketball players yeah. and top five artists. Okay, obviously, you know, shout out to L.A. Bron, you feel me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to Bron. That's number one. Uh, so I got to say, uh, Bron's like, you know, Bron is Drake. You know, Drake can't miss in my eyes. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, he could honestly fart on a song. And people <laughs> buy it. My homie, my homie, when I was in France, Ryan put me on. He said, Drake could literally... And I guarantee you it would sell. Would it go gold or would it hit double platinum? Platinum. (laughs) Easy. So, Ron is like uh, like Drake. I say, um, damn, I say two would be, damn, be Steph. And I say Steph is like, uh, Steph is like, it's like, okay, so the top three artists is Drake, K-Dot, and J. Cole. Okay. Steph is J. Cole. Uh, No, Steph is, Steph is K-Dot because K-Dot's two. Cole is three. I'm going to put three. I'm going to say three is uh, James Harden. Um, then four probably be probably Anthony Davis. Okay. Shout out to the brow. Finally a big man. Man, shout out to the brow. I'm going to give you Ryan's after this. Okay, shout out to the brow. And I would say, uh, God, man, who does he compare to? Ah, man. 
I don't even know who he compares to. I couldn't, so, I couldn't even tell you. It's a good question. Man, that's a good question. You probably should have told me that one earlier. I had to think about that one. So, I, you know, uh, I just, yeah, they, they come and go. Yeah, they uh, come and go, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so AD would be four, and then five. Man, I got to go with Big Game James, man. Big Game James is uh is five. Okay. Yeah. So, Mr. Ryan Mason went, uh, he kind of cheated, but it's okay. He went, um, Michael Jordan is comparison to Hove. Boo. And then he said LeBron James is Drake. Okay. And then he gave uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard to Wale mm. as number five. Okay. And then the three and the fours were, oh, Kevin Durant is um, Kendrick. Damn, how did I forget KD? Because you're disrespectful. It's I'm okay. absolutely disrespectful. <laughs> Utterly KD disrespectful was, KD to was the third. Snake. To the snake. <laughs> KD was third as Kendrick. And then uh, number four um, was uh, Giannis. I want to – yeah, it was Giannis. Boo. No, it was it was James Harden and um, – James Harden and who was the fifth one I just said? Giannis. Kawhi. Kawhi? Yeah. But James Harden was uh, – I forget the last two. It's like Wale and somebody else. But, yeah. So that was his, that was his correlation to correlation. Um, oh, J. Cole. That's who it was. James who, Harden. Who's J. Cole? J. J. Cole? J. Cole was uh, James Harden. Really? Yes, because like he's up there lyrically. Right. And then James Harden is up there statistically, but we always forget about him essentially. In Yo, the Ryan, first. we got to talk, bro. <laughs> we have to have a talk. We got to have a talk. First oh, of all, man. you didn't want to put in, uh, you ain't want to put in Anthony Davis, so we already have an issue. Yeah, we didn't have no bigs in our Man. But. Kill it. What's going on, guys? You know what it is. You know what time it is. Once again, if you know anybody who has a company, a business, or they just want to advertise something that they're in love with, just like I'm in love with this podcast, send them my way. I want to get them on here. I want to get them advertised. I want to get them going and connect them. But let's get back and end this episode with my man, Stacey Davis. Get out of here soon, because I know you got to go hit the court. Man. Ball is life. I yeah. get it. I respect it. You feel You're probably on the way to a bookstore, though, but it's I all am, good. I am, actually. Hey, shout out to Barnes & Noble. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually really mad. They only have five in the state of Arizona, I believe, yep. and they're all they're, spaced out. They're all. It's starting to break down. Yeah, man. I'm actually really, uh, I'm actually really pissed about that. So I'm gonna go uh, blow a bag in Barnes right now. Oh man, man. bag secured or yeah, what? Yeah, bag secured is all of like thirty bucks. That's what's up. I respect it. So just a few questions to get you out this door and kind of just you know liven it up a little bit and yeah. uh, let you out. Um, so first question is, uh, Mr. J Major or Amadi in a fight one on one? Who wins? Oh, that's easy. Yo, Jay, I'm sorry, bro, but. Amadi is <laughs> Molly whopping you, bro. He's got he's yeah, got yeah. football yeah, weight for now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's Molly <laughs> off the rip. Easy. Oh man, uh, you or Pierre in a game of horse? Hey, P. I'm undefeated in one on one, and I'll be undefeated in horse. Ooh. Don't bet against me. Ooh. Run it up. Okay, okay. Shout out to Pierre overseas, handling it. Hey, shout out to Ireland one time. Yeah. Uh, top five all time Southside Phoenix All Stars. Who is it? Top five Southside Phoenix All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to go Al. You got to go Alan Williams. Shout out Big Sauce. You got to go, uh, shit, you got to go Mike Craig. Mike Craig is a... Shout out Big China. You feel me? Um, who else? You got to go Brand, Brandon Brown. Shout out. Um, and then who else we go? Shit, shameless plug, me. Okay, you running you, the three or the two? Me? I'm running whatever. I'll be the PG <laughs> if you need me. You feel me? Good. And then who's the fifth? Who I got is the fifth? Um, damn. You know what? I'm gonna throw in. Uh, I'm gonna throw in. I'm gonna throw in Pierre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw in Pierre. Okay. I'm popular pick, but run it. 
whoever five want to go against my five, I guarantee we win. <laughs> That's light work. Oh, man. Uh, one book you would suggest to everyone to read um, if they're a new, newly found reader or, you know, just kind of, I just want to read a book. Where should I start type thing? Like I said, the, the one book I recommend is The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Album. Um, it's a very easy read, uh, but it's really insightful. Uh, it really resonated with me. The story behind that book for me is I was like, you know what, man? I need to find some books to read. I'm broke. Let me go to Goodwill. Wow. So I went to Goodwill, and I'm going around. Mind you, I'm in the 99-cent section because that's out. all I could afford. And uh, I'm, like, looking around, man, and I turn my head to the right, and literally this book just popped out to me. It looked like it just caught, like, literally just lined up in my eyes. I said, that's the one. I picked up that uh, and The Alchemist. And, uh, yeah, that book Alchemist. Was, yeah, oh, my yeah, God, yeah. that's such a good book. That is really a good book, too. But if I had to pick one, I'd say The Five People You Meet in Heaven by uh, Mitch Album. That, I think that is a, it's a life-changing read, I okay. feel like. And then to finish it all up once again, because ball is life. Yeah. If you were a coach, yeah. who is your top five right now in the NBA? Top point five. guard to center. Point guard to center. That you would love to coach. Oh, and you work? could go 82-0. and 0. For real? Yes. Okay, off the rip. P- PG, Dame. You know what I'm saying? The game, Dame. Y'all know what time it is. Shooting guard, I'm going to have to go. James. Uh, actually, you know what? At the two, I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Two, I'm going James. Okay. Three, I'm going KD. Thank God. Four, I'm going Braun. Okay. And five, I'm going Anthony Davis. And you guys go 82 and 0? Is anyone beating that team? <laughs> LeBron, KD, James Harden, Ed, Anthony Davis, and Damian Lillard? No. We'll argue afterwards. No one, it's no not one a big is, argument. No one but... is beating that team. <laughs> okay. Ever. Okay. Well, that was it. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to just end it out the way we started it about basketball, but mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to put a lot into uh, what you're doing off the court and what you're doing for other athletes. And uh, just staying conscious, understanding that, you know, basketball is the, your income, but yeah. using that as a, a path into the other side and networking right. and all that stuff. So I just wanted to open the floor for you, man. Anything you want to say, say it loud, end it out, man. The floor is yours. Uh, to all my athletes out there, uh, you know, basketball or whatever sport you're, you're, um, you're playing, whether it's professionally, high school, um, college, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they always say, you know, use the game. Don't let the game use you. Um, allow it to be a vehicle to, you know, enhance your life um, because there is life after basketball. There's life after football. You know, the ball is going to stop bouncing the ball. You're not going to catch the ball that like whatever it is that you're doing, it's going to stop at some point in time. And when it does, you're going to be fairly young. So just prepare yourself for life after that. Um, and then conversely, you know, um, you know, if you have something that you want to do, um, if you have something you're passionate about, uh, you know, go out and do it, man. Don't be scared to do that. Uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, just like Boogie's doing right now, you know, with this, this freelance stuff, don't, don't be, uh, you know, scared to just kind of just put yourself out there. Um, you know, say it loud, say it with your chest and just, mm. you know, be who you are and, um, allow that to speak volumes because at the end of the day, if you stay true to yourself, um, you know, the product is going to speak for itself. Um, that goes for athletes, non-athletes, whoever it is. So, that's just my two cents. Uh, I hope y'all have a good day, man. I hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. And like I said, if you're interested in joining the International Book Club, just uh, hit me up. Hit me with an email. I'm at Stacy Davis, S-T-A-C-Y, Davis7257 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram or Twitter and DM me if that's easier for you, too. Uh, it'll just be Stacy Davis IV.
So, uh, yeah, say it loud, man, and say it with your chest. I appreciate you having me on, Boogie. Always, man, always. And one more thing I forgot I wanted to do right before you did that in- outro mm. is uh, I want you to write. I always have somebody write a letter to somebody, either their future self or their past self. Right. Um, but because I feel like uh, fatherhood is such an important thing, I want you to write a letter to a high school graduating daughter, your daughter. Oh, man. What's something you would say right before she graduates or what, right before she graduates high school, going into college? Man, if I had to say something to my daughter graduating high school, uh, I would say, uh, you know, life is just beginning. You know, take it slow and enjoy the ride. Enjoy college, enjoy your youth. Be safe, be careful. Know that dad always has your back. Um, I love you and I'll do whatever I can to support you in whatever you want to do. You can be whatever you want to be. And, um, to just enjoy life, I think uh, as young adults, we always get caught up in the next thing or thinking about what's coming next or thinking about life after this or life after that or um, just feeling like we're older than what we are. I think you just got to enjoy your youth, baby, and uh, just understand that, you know, life is a long ride. It's a roller coaster, and even when you think that, uh, you know, it's dark out, like Jay Cole said, even when it's dark out, the sun is shining somewhere. So mm. just keep going. And, uh, you know, I got your back and I love you. A humble giant. Ended out right there. Once again, it is Say Loud Podcast. It is your host, Boogie the Beast. You just heard it first from my man, Stacey Davis. Make sure you guys keep in contact with him on and off the court, just the way, like he said it, scroll back or swipe back to hear it back once again. Until then, though, I want you guys to say it loud. And like Stacey said, say it with your chest. Yeah. Stay black and stay woke.